Welcome to the Community of Hope Church podcast. Our church exists to interest disinterested people in Jesus Christ and then grow together into fully devoted followers of Him. So wherever you are, we hope you find this message helpful, practical, and applicable to your life. God bless. I'm one of the pastors here at Community of Hope, and we're delighted that you've joined us today for worship online. Thanks for being here with us. It's truly a privilege that you've chosen to worship with us, whether you're on your phone or your tablet or a laptop or a TV, however you may be worshiping with us today. We're so glad that you've joined us. It's a true privilege. And something that this season, uh, in this tumultuous time, that really reminds us, especially for those of us who call ourselves followers of Christ, is that the church is not a building. The church is not the place where there are four walls where people come to a certain place. The church is not a place. It's a people. It's not a monument. It's a movement. And followers of Jesus have been using technology since the very beginning of this movement to help spread the word of the hope that's found in Jesus. In the very first century, followers of Jesus used Roman roads to spread the message all over the known world. In the 1400s, followers of Jesus used the printing press to get the scriptures into the hands of the known world and to widely distribute it like never before. And in today's day and age, the greatest communications revolution that's happened in over 500 years is happening right now with the internet. And so we're grateful that we get to worship together. Even if we can't be together in one spot, we're still united by one spirit together. So we're glad that you are here with us today. And we're really excited because in this new time, in this season, we're three weeks in on a new series that we've been talking about that honestly could not have come at a better time. And it's called How to Pray. And we're just saying that this is a simple guide for normal people of how to learn how to talk to God. Because too many times, religious people have made prayer complicated and they've made it weird instead of simple and for normal people like me and like you. Or at least I think I'm normal. Don't judge me. Either way, it's for normal people people. It really is. And so that's what we're talking about. Last week, Pastor Dale uh, gave an amazing message where he talked about the first step of prayer. We're using an acronym for prayer. We're using P-R-A-Y. And if you follow the simple acronym, we'll teach you how to pray in a normal, simple way. We're just putting the cookies on the bottom shelf for everybody. And he started with the word P and it starts with pause and how we looked at the scripture of be still and know that I am God. And actually the first thing you need to do to start praying is to actually stop praying and just be still and to breathe and to let your scattered senses come back home and to breathe in God's presence, knowing he's there with you before you even say a word. It's more timely now than ever, especially with how crazy things are and how social media is going nuts and all things are going on with the news. Is there a more uh, opportune time for us to pause and to breathe and to remember that God is with us? Let me tell you, we planned the series a long time ago, long before coronavirus came on the radar. And to me, it feels like the unbelievable timing of God that we would talk about pausing together. I've heard it. Somebody say this before that when you see coincidence in life, it's not a coincidence. It's God winking at you. 
And so I saw the wink of God last week and he preached a great message. And Pastor Dale is actually performing a wedding as we are getting uh, this service uh, recorded to be able to broadcast to everybody. It was supposed to be at a big venue and now he's doing it in a backyard. Can you imagine a wedding with social distancing? Pray for your pastor. So make sure uh, that you do that. But he'll be back with us next week. Now, today we're going to be continuing our study of prayer. And we're looking at the acronym P-R-A-Y. We've learned about the P from last week. We're going to learn about the R for tonight. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. Our scripture that we're going to look at comes from the book of Philippians. And it's chapter four, verses four through seven. We're going to put it on the screen. If you have your Bibles with you, maybe if you're not streaming on your phone by another device, you can pull your phone out, open up a free Bible app. And otherwise it's going to be on the screen. You can study along. So it's Philippians chapter four, verses four through seven. Why don't you read this with me? It says this here. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And this is my favorite part. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We're going to take two weeks to look at this passage. This week, I'm going to take care of part one. Pastor Dale is going to take care of part two next week. But first, let's pray. And so let's practice what he taught us last week, that we should pause. So right where you're at, wherever you're streaming from, I invite you to just take a deep breath and breathe and pause. And be still and know that he is God. Lord, our simple prayer tonight is that you would teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. It's in your name we ask these things. Amen. Amen. So um, my dad has an incredible green thumb. He's always been a gardener um, my whole life. As long, as far back as I can remember, he's always been planting things and growing things. We've always had a beautiful, incredible garden everywhere we have ever been. And in this season of life, my dad is actually commuting quite a bit to West Palm Beach. He's doing some work here in the area and really helping out our church in some specific ways. And so he's been staying with me and Leah and the kids during the weekend, commutes back home to Tampa to be with my mom on the weekend. Well, one of the great byproducts of having my dad come and stay with us so much is that he's making my garden look so much better just because he gets bored and needs to plant some stuff and needs to grow some things. Uh, so he, I'll come home from work and he would have planted new different flowers and new different things. And then I'll come home and he'll teach me like, Hey, so here's the proper schedule for watering. Here's what it looks like to fertilize. Here's what it looks like to feed. Here's how you properly prune these flowers. And here's how you care for these things. Here's how you really make these flourish and blossom and grow. It's a great thing to learn from him and to get to spend quality time together. Well, I came home. It was about maybe a week to 10 days ago, right at the height of when all this coronavirus stuff was really getting crazy and things were getting canceled and schools were getting closed and social distancing was happening and it was all just happening so fast and it seemed so overwhelming that when I got home, I decided I just need to water my plants. And even though I could have looked at my phone, I could have read the news and I could have just gone a little bit of crazy with everybody and tried to buy any toilet paper that was left in West Palm Beach, I went and watered some stuff. 
And as I was watering my flowers that my dad has been teaching me how to take care of and how to make a beautiful garden, I noticed that they were in beautiful bloom. In fact, I want to show you a picture of one of them right here. And this is a hibiscus flower that's uh, in my front yard. It's a hibiscus tree. And it's just these beautiful bloom after bloom after bloom are coming forward. And I was, I was watering all these flowers and looking through all these different beautiful pieces of creation that's just popping up in my front yard. I got a little bit of peace and got a little bit of perspective. And all the notifications on the phone all started to just feel like they all started to go away. And the world seemed to stop just for a moment. I got to uh, breathe and have some joy. And uh, even though I wasn't watering, I took a picture of any roses. I do have roses. I took a picture of a hibiscus. I realized that this is what people mean when they say that we should stop and smell the roses. Now, I literally was not smelling roses, but I got the sentiment of what does it mean to stop and smell the roses. It's kind of like what Pastor Dale talked about last week of pausing, but then not just pausing, being still, but pausing to notice the beauty that's all around you. Pausing to notice what's going right, not just what's going wrong. Pausing to notice what's good and true and noble and praiseworthy and excellent and to just admire beauty wherever it is. In fact, this is what we're talking about this week. See, the R in pray that I want to talk to you about just for a few minutes now is the word rejoice. The word rejoice. What does it mean to rejoice? It literally means, like we were just saying a moment ago, it means to pause and to appreciate beauty wherever it may be. That's what it means to rejoice. And let me tell you, these days now more than ever, it is so important that you and I, that we learn to take moments to rejoice and to notice the small things and the good things and the things that are going right in the world. We need to do this for our own health and our own well-being. Uh, so like one thing I did this past couple of weeks is I decided to make a commitment that every single day I was going to find one thing to talk about that was beautiful. And so this past week I've talked about, man, there's been some beautiful skies outside. There's been some beautiful weather and some beautiful, um, beautiful colors and sunrises and sunsets that I've noticed. I've noticed beauty and laughter. I have three little kids and a whole lot of laughter at my house. And that's great. I have some friends who uh, would love the show, the office. And they came up with a bracket tournament of what is the best office episode of all time. Being able to laugh a lot about that, that has been beautiful. And I rejoice in those things. I rejoice in creation. I rejoice in my kids. I rejoice in just friendships, being able to laugh about stuff. It's good to find something to rejoice in big things and even little things. How about this? We have one thing to rejoice in for sports fans. And if you're a sport fan, sports fan, let me tell you, I feel your pain right now. It's like the whole sports world has been canceled. Life is tough. I found one thing. If you're a sports fan to rejoice in this past week, if you haven't been able to find anything else, and it's this. Tom Brady is no longer a New England Patriot. And all the Dolphins fans at home and all over the world said, amen. Yes. 
Now, here's why I personally really rejoice in this. I am from the Tampa Bay area. My favorite football team of all time is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I had tickets in the Buccaneer Stadium to a little event called WrestleMania. You might have heard of it. Don't judge me. I like wrestling. And I was going to go with my lifelong best friend to go to this event that was in Tampa Bay in the Buck Stadium. It was in my hometown. It was like meant for me. And this past Monday, they canceled WrestleMania. You got to be kidding me. Coronavirus, I have a beef with you. Now, what's interesting is I was so down what was going wrong on Monday. I was so sad about my silly wrestling event that I paid a lot of money to go for. I was planning to go my whole life. It was a lifelong dream. It was all coming together and the coronavirus canceled it. And because God loves me, WrestleMania was canceled on Monday. And on Tuesday, Jesus sent Tom Brady to Tampa Bay. (laughs) Amen. I rejoice. So, I mean, seriously, though, it's, it's important to rejoice in things. It's good to rejoice in things. I mean, it's good to have a positive attitude, to notice beauty that's all around us. This is good. Whether you're a religious person or irreligious person, this is a good thing. But this is not what we're talking about today. We're not talking about just positivity. We're talking about prayer. We're talking how to talk to God. And what does it mean to actually rejoice? See what the scripture says, what we just read a second. It doesn't say just rejoice. It says, rejoice in the Lord, to rejoice in the Lord. The apostle Paul, when he penned these words in the first century, he said it like this. We're going to look at it one more time. Just Philippians 4, 4. And he says this, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Wow. It's like Paul thought this was so important. This idea of rejoice in the Lord that he just said it once like, no, I don't think you understand me. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? I will say it again. Rejoice. This is a big deal to be able to rejoice, not just in beauty that's around us, but to rejoice in God. And it's so important to prayer. See, what does it mean to rejoice in the Lord? I mean, that sounds like such a super spiritual thing that sounds like some, something weird somebody religious would say, but it only means this. If to rejoice in just the little things of life means to notice beauty that's all around us, then to rejoice in the Lord means that once we're first pausing and taking a minute to breathe in God's presence, we begin by acknowledging what's beautiful about God. And it's learning to say thank you to him really for only two things for who he is and what he does, what he has done in my past, what he is doing in my life right now, what he has promised to do in the future. This is what it means to rejoice. And I've come today to just tell you one thing is that this is the secret ingredient to prayer. This is the thing that makes prayer not dry, not boring, not unemotional. But when we get this piece right, it makes prayer completely worth it. It's the secret ingredient. Uh, I don't know about you, but during this uh, time with coronavirus, uh, I, I've eaten like everything in my pantry. 
I really have. I thought that I was a pro at this. I know about stress eating with hurricanes. Us here in South Florida, if you're streaming outside of the 561, God bless you. But in South Florida, we're used to crisis stuff like this every year. This one's different, though. We don't have a cone of uncertainty. We're used to getting that every four hours. I need my cone of uncertainty. And so I have been tempted to eat anything and everything that is sweet in my house. And I'm sure you have too. And so one of the things I've really loved a lot that I have not gotten yet as of now, but I've been craving a Chick-fil-A milkshake because they are the absolute best. Don't come at me. I'm right. You know, I'm, you know what I'm talking about. Now, in my opinion, my favorite milkshake at Chick-fil-A is the cookies and cream milkshake. It's milkshake perfection. It begins with ice dream as a base, not just their ice cream, their ice dream. You need to get it right. And then they throw in there some Oreos, some great cookies in there to mix it all to make it the cookies and cream thing. And then they put delicious whipped cream on top. And then on top of all of that, they put the perfect piece that tops it all off. And they put a red cherry, boom, right on top. It's just that perfect pop of red and that pop of sweetness that just ties it all together. It's perfect. If you ever had one without the cherry, like I'm not even necessarily a cherry person, but there's something about it that just makes it beautiful and even more delicious. I don't know why it just is and ties it all together. Now you're probably watching this on a Sunday and Chick-fil-A is closed. So I'm sorry for Something you was something you can't get. You're going to have to wait to go through the drive through on Monday. But nonetheless, I think this is kind of in the same way as a cherry on top that makes this milkshake the best milkshake in the world, in my opinion. This is what rejoicing does to prayer. It's not the only part of prayer. It's not the only step in prayer. There's many steps in prayer. But this one here, it's the cherry on top. Why? When, when you begin after you've paused and you've breathed in God's presence and you've breathed out his love and you begin by rejoicing in who God is and what he does, that's where peace comes. That's where perspective comes. That's where fresh joy comes. See, many of you who are streaming this right now, I imagine you're feeling many ways have I felt this past week. You felt afraid? discouraged, maybe disappointed because of things being canceled, maybe frustrated, maybe angsty, maybe unsure. You feel like the ground is not settled before you just want something to stand on. And this is what rejoicing does for you, especially if you're afraid because in rejoicing, you remember who God is and you remember what God does. One of my favorite scriptures that talks about this comes from the book of Nehemiah chapter eight. We're going to put it on the screen here in a sec. And it it says this, it says, do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. See, this is what to rejoice does is it connects you to the strength that's found in God in his heart and in his character and in his activity in the world and in you. And in tumultuous times like this, when you begin by your prayer, by rejoicing in God, you know, it flows your way strength from heaven. And it's exactly what all of us need 
right now. That's why Paul says, let me say it one more time. Rejoice. It matters. Now that's all good and true. But let me give you, if you want this, if you want some of the strength I'm talking about, you could use a little bit more peace and something to steady you in these days. And you want to learn to pray this way. I'm just going to give you a couple quick practical suggestions. And this will help equip you to move forward. So how do you rejoice in the Lord? Well, let me give you this first suggestion. Um, I use a prompt like a sentence with a fill in the blank type of a prompt that helps me to do this type of prayer, to rejoice in God. Because honestly, you're not going to feel like this. I don't know anybody who wakes up and goes, oh, let me rejoice in the Lord right now. Nobody does that. So sometimes, even though you might be awake, spiritually, our hearts are a little dull. Our hearts sometimes are harder to wake up than a teenager on a Saturday morning. And sometimes you need a little extra help to get your spiritual life, the, the part of you deep inside of you to get that awake, to be able to do this. And so use this prompt that we're going to put on the screen. You can just see right where you're at. And I literally fill in the blank of this. I rejoice today in God's and fill in the blank and put something in there. That's a part of God's character or part of his heart or part of what he does in the world. And just fill in the blank And there's something about using this prompt that helps you rejoice in God. And all of a sudden you start feeling things in your soul. You start to feel peace and a little bit of joy and a little bit of love and strength. And then you do it again and again and again. And next thing you know, your soul is fully awake and you're connecting with the one who made you, who knows you best and loves you most. Try that out. Here's another thing to try. Um, Pray a psalm. Pray a psalm. If you're unfamiliar with the Bible, the Psalms are the middle book of the Bible. So if you have a paper Bible like this, most of the Bible studies that I'm in with, you know, guys my age, uh, they usually almost all do it on their phones. But if you still have a paper Bible, if you open it like right in the middle, you most likely hit the book of Psalms. And it's really just a book of 150 prayers, but here most of them penned by King David. And it's great when you use that to read one of those to teach you how to pray. And there's nothing unspiritual about using a Psalm to teach you how to pray because that's how Jesus himself learned how to pray. We know that we, we talk about this all the time that Jesus was fully human and fully God all at the same time. The part of Jesus that was fully human still had to learn how to talk as a person to his father in heaven. And he used Psalms to learn how to do that. Read the gospels the Psalms are always on Jesus's lips. They're always informing his prayers. And even as he hung on a cross, you could tell he even memorized Psalms with no book before him. Those were the words he prayed. And so if Jesus can use the Psalms as a prayer book to teach him how to pray, and so can we. And this is especially helpful for people who've never done church before. Maybe it's been forever since you've done church and you don't even know what to say. You don't know where to start. You don't know what words to find. Let the Psalms give you words until they become your own. And then prayers will grow out of your own heart like beautiful flowers. Try that out. Here's another thing. It's just a practical suggestion. Um, I suggest that you play some instrumental music. 
Now, don't just put on uh, music with a lot of lyrics on it. That's good. That is one way to rejoice. We just listen to great music with band singing words and prayers to music to God. That's all good. But if you want to learn how to do this on your own, find some instrumental music. Pastor Dale, he likes something that he and I call happy jazz. Um, I listen to more like brooding ambient music on Apple Music. Um, it's just It just depends on your personality. But find some music without words and play it. And there's something about music that just opens up the human heart and the human soul to be able to pray and worship God in this way. Um, both for that and for learning how to pray the Psalms, if you download our sermon discussion uh, questions guide this week, we'll have links to those types of things for you there. So make sure you go check that out. And here's the last little suggestion. Um, learn to pray with other people. And when you get a circle of people together who are rejoicing in God together, it starts to rub off on you, on your heart and on their heart. And something happens when people get together because prayer is not meant to be just this thing with only you and God, but it's also meant to be something done with people together pray and there's power in it. In fact, I have an idea before we end our streaming service right now, let's do everything I just said. Let's pray a Psalm together. Let's listen to some music to you. In fact, James, we go ahead and play some music for us. We're going to listen to some music. We're going to pray together. There are going to be thousands of people who watch this and worship with us today. And we're going to rejoice in God. So we're going to put a psalm on the screen. And we're just going to do it together right now. That's Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5. And wherever you are, um, if it's appropriate, I would ask that you read this out loud with me and not just read it, but let it be a prayer that we're all going to pray to God. So let's start like this. Let's rejoice in the Lord together. Psalm 103, verse one, pray this with me. Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, it crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. I invite you wherever you're at to close your eyes and take a breath. And after reading that, how would you fill in the prayer prompt that we have on the screen? For I rejoice today in God's, and then you answer it yourself. Take a moment, just you and him, and do that now. Lord, we rejoice today in your great love that forgives us of our sins and makes us new. We rejoice today in God's presence who has promised to be with us and never to leave us, even in difficult moments like we're going through right now. God, I rejoice that you're here. And God, I rejoice today in your friendship how you're not far off, 
but you're near and you want a relationship with each of us. Thank you. We love you. We rejoice in you. May your strength become our strength and may the joy of the Lord be our strength. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. We want to invite you to stay connected with us throughout the week through our website and social media accounts and our emails and all of that. Just go to our website, communityofhope.church to be checking all of that out. We'll stay connected with you. Your church is not closed, just the buildings are. Let's be together, church. Now, would you receive our benediction, which is the theme verse of our church, Romans 15, 13. And may the God of hope fill you all with joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks. God bless you. We'll see you next week.